So graduates, congratulations. Life is going to be so different for you right now. I know you've heard that from your parents. And believe it or not, they're actually telling you the truth this time. Um, the world's going to change. And usually what I do, through the years on graduation Sunday, I preach a special message for the graduates. It just so happened that this message that I'm doing today applies to you, but it applies to everyone. I'm doing this series on the principles. So it's for you. I promise you. I make you this promise. You follow what I'm going to say today, it will change your life. I promise you. In fact, if it doesn't, call me in 10 years. God willing, I'm alive. And... Uh, Call me a liar, but I challenge you to follow what God's going to show you today. But this applies to all of us, because in the series, we're talking about principles to live by, and and the whole concept is that God has told us how to live. He has given us the directions on how to live a life pleasing to him and how to have a life that makes a difference in the world. That's this whole series. And so today, it just so happened as we were looking at this series, I thought, I don't have to do a special sermon because it applies for both. So with that in mind, let's look at this passage found in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Jesus is preaching the greatest sermon ever called the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to focus on one verse, but I'm going to read a few verses to give you an idea of things he's talking about. And so he begins in verse 38. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. And give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we pray today that you'll help us to understand this incredible principle that Jesus gives to us. That, Father, we will hear it, understand it, and apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. By the way, let me tell you some things about this year's graduation class to make you feel different. The graduates today, Facebook is older. Facebook was invented in February when they were born. Nemo, finding Nemo is older than they are. They've always had PlayStation and Xbox. The the most amazing statistic, I don't know why this is amazing to me, in their world, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a politician first and then an actor. (laughs) They've always had phones with cameras. They have never heard a busy signal. Look it up. Just, just, Just look it up and... But, you know, every generation is different. Every graduation, graduating class is different because that's the world. The world changes. And as we're changing, God says that we are to live a different lifestyle than the world. And so in our text, Jesus is talking to the disciples on how to live a disciple's lifestyle. He's telling us how to live different than everyone else. The world will change, but we should not. The world will change, but we are to live by the principles God has given to us. And so this passage is part of the greatest sermon ever preached. Jesus is revealing to the disciples, I want you to live this way. If you live this way, the world will notice you. If you live this way, they will know that you're my disciples. And many things that he says in the Sermon on the Mount, if we take seriously, and we should, we think that's impossible. How can we live this way? So, for example, let's look at verse 38 and give you an idea of what Jesus is saying. 
He said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. Now, what's he talking about? Now, in the 21st century, we don't understand this, but the first century Jew understood it. The worst thing you could do to a Jewish man 2,000 years ago was to slap him with an open palm. Worst thing. Basically, what you're saying is you're not worth a fist. The second worst thing you could do to a Jewish man 2,000 years ago was to spit on him. Those are the two greatest insults of that, that time period. And by the way, Matthew chapter 26, verse 67, during the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus, they did both. It said, then they spat on his face and beat him, and others struck him with a palm of their hands. So Jesus says, if someone slaps you, that's not a physical attack. In that culture, that's an insult, okay? What Jesus is saying, if someone insults you, don't retaliate. That's what he says. Turn the other cheek. Keep going. If someone insults you in the world or on Facebook or social media, don't retaliate. Keep moving. You say, wait a minute, I can't do that. Yes, you can, because Jesus told us to. Jesus said, if you're insulted, don't retaliate. This is how I want you to live. Because the world would retaliate. That's the way the world is. In fact, even the Jewish culture, they said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And Jesus said, no, you're not going to live that way. You're going to live a different lifestyle. So if someone insults you, just move on. He says some other things, and then we come to verse 41, the key verse today. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Now, what does he mean? The Romans were in charge of this time period. The Romans had made over 50,000 miles of roads. They conquered the known world. And they built some of the finest uh, roads ever. In fact, some still exist today. And you had roads going everywhere, 50,000 miles of roads. In fact, that, that expression, all roads lead to Rome... It was literally true. They wanted people to know who they were, and they wanted people to come to Rome. So you had all these roads, and the law stated, if a Roman soldier is walking on the road and he sees someone, he can compel him to carry his bags. In other words, if a Roman soldier is walking down the road, he sees a Jewish man, he can say to him, carry my bags, my knapsack, my weapon, whatever it may be. By law, he had to carry it one mile. It makes no difference if he was late for work. It made no difference if he was going to go see a, a, a sick parent. It made no difference if he was going home. It made no difference. By law, you had to carry it one mile. If you didn't do that, at best, you were going to get beat up. At worst, you could be killed. Because legally, you could not say no to the Roman soldiers. So the, the Jews hated this. They hated the idea that these Romans would make them walk one mile carrying their bags. And so fathers would teach their sons how to know if you walked one mile so you wouldn't take one more step. And here comes Jesus. He says, if they force you to go one mile, go a second mile. If they force you to go one mile, go the second mile. Jesus is saying, my followers are not going to be judged just by doing their duty. I want them to do more than is required. My followers will always go beyond. If they compel you to go one mile, you go two. Again, in this culture, this was unheard of. In fact, the Pharisees would say, you always do the minimum. 
It was called minimum morality. They boiled down, just do the minimum. Do the law, no more. Do what is required and stop. Jesus says, if you're my disciple, you'll do more. You'll go the second mile, even to your enemies. So this series, we're looking at principles, and here's the principle this morning. We are to go to the second mile in life, which means we are to seek excellence in all we do. We are to go the second mile in life, which means we are to seek excellence in all that we do. That's what Jesus is saying. I want you to go beyond. I want you to live a life of excellence. By the way, the Bible teaches this all through Scripture. The book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. The Bible says if you excel in life, if you do your very best, the world will notice you. But if you don't, no one's going to notice you. Brian Arbor, Harbor, a pastor, uh, wrote a book entitled Rising Above the Crowd. And he says we are to live an excellent life. This is what he says. is not being successful, being excellence. He says success means being the best. Excellence means being your best. Success to many means being better than everyone else. Excellence means being better tomorrow than you were yesterday. Success means exceeding the achievement of other people. Excellence means matching your practice with your potential. So I'm not talking about success. I'm talking about being excellent. If you're excellent, you'll get success. I'm talking about being excellent. Being better today than you were yesterday. means giving your best in everything that you do. So I'm talking about excellence. I'm not talking about comparing yourself with other people. The question is, you compare yourself with yourself. Did I do my best on this assignment? Did I do my best on this this chore? Did I do my best or did I dial it in? Pursuing excellence means we're going to do our very best. And do you know why we do it? We do it for God. We do it for God's glory. Everything we do is for God. It's not for others. It's for God. Are you doing your best? Or are you just doing what's required by the world? Or are you just trying to get by? Jesus said, go the second mile. Do the very best you can. The artist Michelangelo painted the ceiling in the Sistine Chapel. Never seen it, seen pictures, read about it. It's really amazing. The project started with just, they wanted just 10, uh, 12 apostles painted up there, but it ended up 400 figures, nine scenes from the book of Genesis. Michelangelo took four years to paint it. He had to lie on his back on the scaffold as he was up there. It ruined his eyesight over these four years as he worked with such uh, with a minutia of everything. One particular corner was so dark he could barely see as he was painting the, the, all these, again, the minutia of this, this picture. Someone one day asked Michelangelo, why did you spend so much time in the dark corner? No one's going to see it. And Michelangelo said, God will see it. That's second mile. That's excellence. We are to do our very, very best in everything. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, Sunday scaries? Okay, some have. But that's not my preaching. Well, it might be, but that's not what the definition is. Sunday scaries is, is a new term they're using the last couple of years. People are having problems on Sunday getting ready for Monday. People have anxiety going to work on Monday. In fact, studies say about one in three workers are stressed out on Sunday night. It's hard for them to rest knowing Monday's coming. 
generationally, it's worse. 94% of Gen Z and 91% of millennials said they are so stressed out, they don't know if they can go to work on Monday. So guess what the world's solution is? The world has a solution for this. It's called quiet quitting. By the way, last week, TikTok encouraged everyone to do quiet quitting every day last week. What is quiet quitting? You go and you do the minimum. You go to your job, you do the minimum. You put in no extra time, no extra effort, no extra enthusiasm. You do absolutely what is necessary and nothing else. It means you get there one minute before you start. It means you leave exactly when time's up. It means you take as many breaks as they will allow you to take. It means you don't, you don't have to finish the assignment, just do what is required. Leave when you can. And by the way, you give the reason, this is for my mental, physical, or family health. Gallup poll last year said workers over the age of 18, 50% of the workers say they do this every day. 50% of the people say, We've already do, we're already doing that. Now, please hear me. I am not saying you don't need a break. And I'm not saying you don't need a vacation. I'm not saying there are going to be some days it's, it's hard to look forward to. I'm not saying that. And I am not talking to people who have legitimate clinical depression or people with mental issues or people who have been diagnosed with anxiety issues. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the average person. The average person who's doing quiet quitting every day at their job, that's laziness. And that's selfishness. And I hope you're not a follower of Christ because it goes against everything God tells us. Jesus said, you go to the second mile. Jesus said, you give your best for God. Jesus said, you do as much as you can, as you can. Jesus said, do more, do extra, do excellence. Do not strive just to be average. That's what Jesus said. Paul said it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do all for the glory of God. It makes no difference what you're doing. If you're working the job or you're washing dishes, you do all for the glory of God. Whether you're working out or you're you just playing with your kids, you do all for the glory of God. The Bible says everything we do is for the glory of God, and we are to go the second mile to give our best. Now, how does this appear? Is there an example? Well, there is. In the book of Genesis, chapter 24, we find an example of going the second mile. It's called the Rebecca Principle. We've talked about it before, but it's a great example of how to go the second mile. Genesis chapter 24, let me, let me give you the background of the story. This is after the death of Abraham's wife, Sarah, and Abraham wanted to arrange a marriage for his son. He didn't want his son to marry the people of that land. He wanted to be from his own country, so he sent a servant. I want you to find the wife, the next wife, for my son. And so the servant leaves, and we find, pick up the story in verse 10 of chapter 24 of Genesis. Then the servant took 10 camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master in his hand. And he went to that city of Abraham. Verse 11, he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of the evening, the time and the time the women would go out to draw water. In that, in that culture, women would draw the water. It was, good, it was just a good time. The servant said, well, they're all going to come out here. Maybe, maybe this lady is here but I don't know which one it will be. I don't know which one God has selected for me to to choose. 
So verse 12, he prays, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today. Show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I'm standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the water coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, drink, and I will water your camels also, may she be the one. So here's the prayer. As these women are coming out, the woman that will give my camel something to drink, God, that's the one you choose. Strange prayer, okay? I get it. Very strange prayer. So Rebecca comes out. Verse 19. Now, when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw, draw also for your camels until they finish drinking. She's the one. Now, Unless you raise camels, you don't understand the story. Camel, a thirsty camel will drink 20 to 30 gallons of water. And there are 10 camels. That's 200 to 300 gallons of water. And let's say she has a five-gallon jar and she has to walk to the water back. Let's, let's say just a minute apart. It's going to take her 40 to 60 trips. So we're talking minimum two and a half hours of work, four hours maybe max. No one asks anyone, do you want me to give water to your camels? That's why. What she is saying, I will go the extra mile because no one, no one in their right mind will say, hey, you want me to give water to your camels? But she did. That's the second mile principle. So let me give you three observations. First observation is this. Second mile people do more than is required. Second mile people do more than is required. That's what Rebecca did. She went beyond what was required. It was required of that day to ask a stranger if you want water. That was customary. It was not customary to ask about their camels. You see, if all you're going to do in life is what is required, I promise you, you'll never live an excellent lifestyle. It won't happen. You'll never be successful. If all you're doing is just getting by you will always be that person waiting for the breaks. You'll always be that person thinking, oh, everyone else is lucky. Second mile people will always do more than is required. I mean, some people out there, they don't even do what is required in the first place. So second mile people will always be that person that will make a difference. So I'm supposed to make five calls a day. I'll do no more than that. I, I, I'm supposed to write a seven-page paper. I'm not going to write any more. I'm supposed to do 25 push-ups at practice. I'm not going to do any more. I'm supposed to clean my room? Well, I'll just, what you can see. You see, there's a lot of people like that. Second mile people say, I will always do what is more than required. And you will always notice them. For example, Steph Curry, NBA basketball player. 13th season NBA, nine times All-Star, two times Most Valuable Player, All-Star MVP, Finals MVP, Western Conference Finals MPV, four-time champion, on and on. He's a second mile person, by the way. He says, how do you know that? Oh, he works out, that's true. But before every team workout, he will make 150 shots. After the, they work out, he'll shoot some more. He has to make five free throws. You say, big deal. Well, only it can't touch the rim. It can only touch the, basket, uh, the net. In practice, he will shoot 103 point shots. By the way, on YouTube video, you can actually watch him make 77 three-point shots in a row. On that day, he made 94 out of 100, and he was upset he didn't make them all. He goes the second mile. 
He has some other workout areas that he will just practice more than any player out there, it seems. You know why he does it? He says, I do it because of God. I give my best for him. That's a second-mile person. They do more than is required. Number two, second-mile people do more than expected. They do more than expected. Now, that's a little different than more than required. Again, in that day, women did not water camels, and that was not required. It took too long. No one would have expected that. That's why this prayer was amazing. He was asking for a miracle for someone to ask, hey, let me give your camels to drink. And in Jesus' day, Jews were not required to go to the second mile for the Romans. No one would have expected that. No Roman soldier would have thought, you want to go a second mile? Second mile people will always do more than is expected. You see, first mile people or minimum people, what they do, they love the time clock. They love the job description. They don't want to go the second mile at all. They do the minimum. And they will never have have excellence. I mean, it takes hard work to go the second mile. It takes hard work to go give water to 10 camels. It takes hard work to be a second mile person. I remember the story of Louis Pasteur. Someone said that he was lucky in all of his discoveries. And they said, don't you think it was luck? And he said, chance always favors the prepared mind. It's not luck. He was a second mile person. He always went beyond. Striving for excellence is hard work. And again, I'm not saying strive for perfection. You can't be perfect. Don't put that much stress on you. I'm saying be excellent. Be better than yesterday. That's all I'm saying. Do more than is expected. One author said this way. I will do more than belong. I will participate. I will do more than care. I will help. I will do more than listen. I will understand. I will do more than believe. I will practice. I will do more than read. I will absorb. I will do more than forget. I will uh, more than forgive. I will forget. I will do more than dream. I will work. I will do more than teach. I will inspire. I will do more than earn. I will enrich. I will do more than give. I will serve. I will do more than live. I will grow. I will do more than be a friend. I will be a brother. Do more than expected. Third, second mile people receive more than expected. Second mile people receive more than expected. There's a payoff to this. A payoff here, but there's also a payoff in heaven. When Rebecca did this, she was not expecting anything. There's no way in her mind, oh, I I might get a husband out of this. That wasn't her mindset. And she really didn't expect that one day I'll be the great, 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 17 great grandmother of the Messiah. What a blessing. When you live the excellent lifestyle, you'll be blessed. When you go the second mile, you'll be blessed. Now, again, even if you're not blessed on this side of heaven, you will be blessed on the other side of heaven because God's going to reward you. Now, I'm going to make the most obvious statement here. Please forgive me for what I do. People want, the second, people want to go the second mile, but they don't go the first mile. You can't go the second mile until you go the first mile. I'll give you time to write that down. You see, there are people who want to go the second mile. They've never gone the first mile. There are people, they want the perks. They don't like the process to get there. There are people, they like the medals. Oh, but they don't want the scars from the battles. Oh, there are people, they want the praise. They don't like the criticism that comes with it. Oh, they want the bonus, but they don't like the work. People will never notice you if you're a first-mile person. 
but they will notice you if you're a second mile person. And you got to go the first mile before you go the second mile. And here's what I've learned. The first mile is the hardest. It's not, people think, oh, you know, it's the second mile. No, it's the first mile. You know why it's the first mile? Here's a Jewish man, this Roman soldier says, take my bags. You know how much energy it takes? He's angry. He's, he's thinking about his day. I've got to do this. And then he has to start that journey. Well, after you walked a mile, the second mile is not that bad to do. It's hard to go the first mile. By the way, there's a scientific reason for this. It's called the law of human inertia. Dr. Jim Taylor, a performance psychologist, he says, we all have the problem of the law of human inertia. What it means is that we remain on course of our current life trajectory until something externally or internally changes our course. Here's what he means. Most of you are going to do the same thing tomorrow night you did the last Monday night. You're going to watch the same program. You're going to do the same thing. Most of you, tomorrow morning, you're going to get up at the same time. You're going to, if you drink coffee, it'll probably be the same cup or the same type of cup. You're going to sit at the same spot. You're going to do the same thing because that's, that's what we do. We, we do habits. And we need inertia to move us. And people who are not moving, they don't move. You need something external or internal to make them move. And for the believer, that's Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why the first mile is the hardest. But you've got to do what is required before you can ever do the extra. And how do you do this? The simplest way. I heard this years ago. One writer sums it up with three words. Just three words. And then some. That's it. <laughs> and then some. Give a jar of water to the servant. And then some. How about your camels? Do your job. And then some. Serve the Lord. And then some. Minister to people. And then some. Graduates, I make you the promise. If you become a second mile person, you will achieve incredible blessings and opportunities. But if you don't become a second mile person, one day you're going to look back and regret it. That I promise you. Psychologists did a study of people, what we regret. He asked people in their 80s about their greatest regrets. He said, do you regret something they did or do you regret something you never did? Without exception, without exception, they said the greatest regrets in their lives was not something they did. They said, I can get over what I did. It's not doing what I wanted to do because of laziness or fear. That's the greatest regret. So for all of us, don't regret not being a second mile person. Now i got some great news for you. Today, you had the first mile. You're here. You're watching online. We go the second mile by giving your life to Christ. You're a first mile person because you're here. Now, go the second mile, join the church. You're, you're a first mile person because you're here. Be a second mile Christian and join a life group. You're a first mile person because you're here. Be, be a second uh, mile person by serving. But right now, your inertia is holding you back. Will you make that step to say, I'm going to move forward? If you're watching online and you'd like to give your life to Christ, will you do so by texting the word today at 270-398-5005? 
By saying, I admit I'm a sinner, I cannot save myself. I believe Jesus died for me, was buried, and the third day arose, and I confess. I choose to give him everything. Be a second-mile person in Texas. If you're here today, as, I, as we are singing, just come front, talk to me or one of the ministers. You're a first-mile person. You're here. Now become a second-mile person. Would you stand by your heads? Our Father, we hear the words of our Lord Jesus, and we are amazed at how radical things he said. Because the world tells us not to go the second mile. In fact, the world many times tells us not to go the first mile. But Jesus says, go, do more. And so, Father, let, let us begin today looking at our lives. What can we do more for you? What can we do more in our workplace, in our community? Father, I pray for these graduates. Father, I pray that they'll make a commitment to be second-mile people, second-mile Christians. That everything they say, everything they do will be for your glory and your glory alone. Let them not be com- try to compare themselves to their friends or to the world. Father, let them not work or do anything because people are watching them. Father, let them do it because you are watching and they're doing it as an offering to you. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.